In Jesus' name, amen. If you had a chance to read through our reading for today from Luke chapter 2, this story of Jesus as a young boy in the temple, I, I don't know if you felt this way about it, but I felt like this was the perfect reading for us as we enter into the new year. And here, here's why I say that. Uh, this time of year, this turning of the calendar from one year to the next, I, I think it's the perfect opportunity, isn't it, to reflect on our priorities. It's an opportunity to reflect on our priorities of the past year, first of all, right? To think about, well, what did I prioritize? W were the things that I did prioritize worth prioritizing? <laughs> and then it's also an opportunity, I think, to, to think about what we would like to prioritize in the coming year. And sometimes there's no change there, right? We're just recommitting ourselves to what we have prioritized in the past. That's a good place to be in. Uh, other times it's maybe a complete 180, recognizing that, that we haven't prioritized the right things in our life. Uh, this year things are a little different, though. Uh, I mean, for, for some of us, this craziness that we've lived through, this pandemic that, that we're in, it in some strange way, has helped us to reprioritize, right? And maybe you experience this. Uh, this pandemic helped you to prioritize things that were important to you, like family, or spot time spent away from the screen and in front of actual people. And even if you weren't able to do that because of our circumstances, you, you recognize that, that you wanted that to be a priority. Uh, for others of us, though, this, this pandemic just completely screwed up our priorities, right? We were distracted. We were pulled in so many different directions, the, the things that we spend our time and our energy and our worries on just were not worth it at all. And so, again, though, this time of year, this turning of the calendar affords us the opportunity to, to think about what would we like to prioritize in the coming year. And maybe it's just a recommitment to what we have been prioritizing, or maybe it's a, a whole 180. Now, I've been thinking about my priorities a little bit. I, I don't do this every year, but it's a blessing when I can. And one of the things that I would like to prioritize this coming year is simplicity. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like our world can very quickly become very busy, very hurried. There's lots of distractions. There are lots of voices and things calling for my attention, pulling me in so many different directions. And uh, life can be a little chaotic sometimes. And, and so I want to simplify, both personally, professionally, in every aspect of my life. Just just simplicity is, is one of my priorities in the, the coming year. Now, I talk about priorities this, this, uh, this sermon because, well, I, I think we learn in Luke's introduction that he's making to us uh, of, with Jesus that we, we learn Jesus' priorities, don't we? Uh, we're, we're still early on in Luke's gospel. We're still in the introduction phase. We don't know very much about Jesus, but Luke is introducing us to our, our Savior and the truth is, you can learn a lot in an introduction, can't you? I mean, imagine that this were a, uh, a normal New Year's Eve that we just went through. And, and imagine that we could have gone to a New Year's Eve party. Now, some of us have no interest in that. But imagine that we could, and imagine that we did. And imagine that you're at this New Year's Eve party, and there are people there that you didn't know, so you introduced yourself. You shook their hand, you told them your name, and then you, you probably spent 30 seconds, maybe a minute, uh, sharing some things about yourself. And I think what, what you share in those first few seconds or minutes reveal a lot about your priorities, right? If you start talking about your family, or maybe it's your job, or maybe it's a hobby, those are probably the, the things that, that you have prioritized in your life. And the same is true with this introduction that Luke is making to us with our Savior. 
Uh, we don't learn a lot about Jesus, uh, just a few verses here, just 30 seconds, a minute of, of time, but we learn Jesus and Mary and Joseph, their little families, priority. See, we, we learned at the, the, the beginning of the reading that Mary and Joseph and Jesus had gone to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage uh, at the Passover. Uh, this was something, this type of pilgrimage was actually an expectation of God for his people. For all of those people who lived outside of the city's walls, they were expected to come to the holy city on each of the three major festivals in the Jewish calendar. Passover, which we read about today, Pentecost, and then also the Feast of Booths. And we read here that the Mary and Joseph and, and with their young boy Jesus, they made this a priority. They were going to be faithful to God's call to them. And they went to Jerusalem to make an offering and a sacrifice to the Lord because God was their priority. Now you might know how the story goes. They make the pilgrimage, right? and uh, after all of that is done, they make their sacrifice and the offering. They celebrate the Passover with friends and, and family, and then it's time to go home. And Mary and Joseph, they head back, but, but Jesus stays behind, and it takes Mary and Joseph uh, a full day for them to realize that, uh-oh, our son, the son of God, isn't, he's not here with us. And uh, maybe you've wondered, well, how is that possible? <laughs> you know, as a new dad myself, kind of hard to, to believe that you could just forget about your kid for a, a full day. But I, I think we need to know a little bit of the context here. You see, Mary and Joseph would not have been traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover, making this pilgrimage by themselves. You see, uh, these, these pilgrimages had a very festive atmosphere to them. They were full of fellowship. They, they would have traveled there with friends and neighbors and family. There would have been aunts and uncles and, and parents and brothers and, and sisters there. And, and part of this was, was for fun and, and fellowship. It's a lot more fun to make the three-day journey to Jerusalem and then spend the time there and then make the three-day journey back when you're with other people that you love and, and, and care about. But... Uh, they, they also traveled in these big groups, these big caravans, for protection. Uh, they, they would have been traveling with their sacrifices or their offerings or the money used to buy those things. And, and then, of course, God had also commanded his people to set aside some money each year as part of their tithe that they were supposed to spend in Jerusalem during that festival to keep the local economy going there. And so because they're traveling with probably a good amount of, of cash, they travel in these big groups for protection. And, and so, as Mary and Joseph head off back for home, they probably assume that Jesus is off playing with brothers and sisters or cousins, with aunts and uncles or a neighbor somewhere, and they weren't too worried about it. He was part of the group. They would catch up with him later. But when they realize that he's not there, right, they head back to Jerusalem. Oh my goodness, they've lost their son and the Son of God. And then, of course, they find him, maybe where they should have expected him to be the whole time, the temple. That's where Jesus is, listening and learning about God asking questions about his, his father. And, and that's when we hear Jesus' first record, recorded words. The first thing we ever learned that Jesus said was this. It's in chapter 2, verse 39. Jesus said, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It's there that we learn Jesus' number one priority, that spending time with his father. It was a priority for Mary and Joseph, right? They, they show that by making this pilgrimage. But, but Jesus seems to go above and beyond. He's exceptional in every sense of the word, and, and that applies to this as well. Uh, he just can't get enough of the temple and spending time with his father there. It's his number one 
priority. And, and, and that's not to say that he didn't love and, and obey and respect and honor Mary and Joseph as, as his earthly parents. Of course he did that. We, we learn later on that, that that is exactly the case. But above all else, number one, he prioritized time with his father. And if that's true of our Savior, of, of Jesus, then shouldn't it also be true of us? And so again, this time of year, the turning of the calendar gives us the opportunity to reflect on that, to look backwards and think, has God been my number one priority? Uh, have, I, have I put him in that first slot in my life? Do I honor and worship him and obey him and follow him above all else? And, and for some of you, I know that's the case. And praise be to God, that's wonderful. You're an example to all of us. Keep on going. Recommit yourself to that priority in the new year. But, but many of us, I think we'd have to be honest and to say that that hasn't always been the case. Not all of the time. We haven't prioritized God. We've worried about so many things. We've been pulled in so many other directions. And this is now the time to, to recommit ourselves to making Jesus that number one priority. And, and to remember that Jesus is not one priority among many other priorities, right? In fact, it's interesting because we speak of priorities we prioritize many things. I prioritize my family, uh, health. I prioritize my, my job, my calling. I prioritize sleep. Um, but in the truest sense of the word, there can only be one priority. A priority is the most important thing. And, and that's true of Jesus. He has that number one spot. He is meant to have that number one spot in our lives, in our hearts, all by himself. He's not one among many priorities. He's, he's the only number one priority. And Again, like with Jesus, that doesn't mean that we can't love our families and, and serve our neighbors and have hobbies and find time to relax. Not at all. It just means that above all else, we love and serve and obey and trust in Jesus. He is our priority. And this is the time, as we turn the calendar from one year to the next, to, to consider that. And I think... This is the time of year, the turning of the calendar. It's the time of year to consider how, how we're going to make Jesus our priority. Because I don't know about you, but I find that the things worth prioritizing in life, they take some intentionality. They don't just happen on them, by themselves, do they, right? I mean, if I wanted to prioritize learning Spanish in this coming year, right? I'm not just going to wake up one day speaking Spanish. I'm going to have to sit down and consider at the beginning of the year, how am I going to make this happen? I might write out a plan. Here's how it's going to work. I might buy some books. I would take a class, right? I might find a, a friend who's going to hold me accountable. And, and all of that go, uh, goes true with, with God. And now is the time of year to think about how, how am I going to prioritize him in my life? And for each of us, that might look a little different. Some of us, we're, we're going to commit ourselves or recommit ourselves to prayer. Maybe that's fallen along the wayside. And we're going to say, uh, I'm going to go out this afternoon. I'm going to buy a little journal so I can write out my prayers so that I can focus. Or, or maybe you're going to say, I'm going I'm to pray through the Psalms this year. I'm going to let God's word bless and inform my own words and prayers to God. Or, or maybe you're going to say, I'm going to pray through the hymnal. I'm going to use those songs and poems of God's people to bless my prayer life, to guide it along. Uh, others of us, maybe we need to commit ourselves to the word of God. We've been distracted. We, we haven't been spending as much time learning and listening to and studying God's word as we would like. And so we're going to make that a priority. Uh, we're going to prioritize every Wednesday evening coming to our Zoom Bible study here at Living Christ. Or, 
Or, or maybe we're going to say, I'm going to buy a study Bible, and I'm going to read uh, a chapter a day. Or, or maybe I'm going to grab a little devotional, and I'm going to read from that, because I need to spend time listening and learning about God. For others of us, maybe it's a commitment to worship, or, or maybe to service. We're going to find some new ways, or go back to some old ways of serving God and our neighbor. But we need to consider how. How are we going to prioritize God in our lives? How are we going to make Jesus number one? And again, that's going to look different for all of us. But here's what I can promise you, dear friends. When you prioritize Jesus, when he's number one in your life, when you listen to him and learn about him and ask questions of him, you will be amazed. Now, I can't promise you you'll, you'll believe everything that he says or that you'll agree with everything that he says. Plenty of people don't. But I do think it's impossible that, that when you spend time with Jesus, when he's a priority in your life, that, that you won't be amazed. You will be every time. He will astonish you. We, we heard that that, that that happened in our story for today. Right? As that young boy, Jesus, was in the temple listening and, and sitting there learning about his father and asking questions of, of the leaders there. Right? Everyone was amazed, we're told, in the temple. They couldn't believe this 12-year-old this boy, Jesus, who was before them. Maybe they couldn't put their finger on it. They were amazed. And, and the same was true of Mary and Joseph. After they find him in the temple, we, were, we heard that they were astonished by him too. We, we heard later that, that Mary, after reflecting on this whole experience, treasured up all these things in her heart. Her head was spinning. Jesus truly is amazing. And that's why we prioritize him. Because there's no one else like him. There's no one else like Jesus who can share with us the wisdom the otherworldly wisdom that he can. There's no one like Jesus who will accept us or love us like he does. There's no one like Jesus who is able to do for us what he has done, right? Bearing on his shoulders the burdens and the sins of the world, dying on the cross, taking our place, paying our price, bearing our punishment. There's no one like Jesus who is able, through his own death, to, to bring us life. There is no one like Jesus who by rising from the tomb can usher us into life everlasting. There's no one like Jesus who has gifts like the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the peace like Jesus has to give to us. We prioritize Jesus because he is amazing. We don't make him a priority just to, to get him off of our back or because he's angry and we want to appease him. No, we, we prioritize him because he has given to us more than we deserve. And we find in him the most amazing things, the most amazing gifts that are freely ours. So dear friends, let's, let's take advantage of this time. Shouldn't we take advantage of this turning of the calendar to reset our prior, priorities, to recommit ourselves to making Jesus our number one. To think about how we might do that. And when we do, we will be amazed. In Jesus' name.